Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we see here that the Herodians, they already tried, right? They came to him and said, is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar, these Herodians, this lover of the family of, of the Herods who they believe should be in power? Is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar? And uh, you remember what he said? Give me a coin. Go find a coin. Whose inscription's on it? Right? Caesar's. Well, good. Give to God things belong to God. Give to Caesar. Give to Caesar things that belong to Caesar. Give unto God the thing that belong unto God. And we saw that a couple weeks ago, right? What an application that was. Our life, like a coin, it has value. We are stamped with an image upon us, the image of a holy God who not only created us, but praise the Lord, if you're here tonight and in Christ, He purchased you with His own blood. And we are stamped with His image. We belong to Him. And so what is, what, what is a great application here? But that we should give it all back. Render unto God the things that are God's. What is God's? Well, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. It all belongs to him. And we saw that last week. And uh, kind of Herodians kind of piped down, walked home, went home, dragging their, I'm sure, I, in my mind, they were dragging their jaw, had to have a wagon to carry it home. It was so low, right? And uh, went home, uh, tail between their legs. There's another way you might envision it. But today, tonight, here we're going to see here, the Sadducees are going to take a swing at it next. The Sadducees, as you know, were a religious sect, right? They, they, here's some, some of the, some of the uh, things that they believe that, uh, that uh, set, set them apart from some of the others, Right? They believed they only accepted the Pentateuch as the Word of God. They only accepted the first five books of Moses. They rejected any oral law. They rejected any of it. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe any type of angels or demons or spirits or anything like that. And they did not believe in the resurrection. So this was a, not only a religious sect, but there was, they were also a ruling sect. In Jesus' time... The Sadducees controlled the two most important institutions in Jewish society. They controlled the temple, at this time was known as Herod's temple, and they controlled the Sanhedrin. Okay? So the Sanhedrin, what were they? Well, they were a governing body for both the religious and legal issues of the Jews. Now, the leader of the Sanhedrin was, 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 a, was always the high priest. Right? The, the leader of the Sanhedrin was, was the high priest. They were given this like king-like type of authority that they had. And listen, this high priest was almost always a Sadducee. They had a lot of power. They were the aristocracy. They were the aristocrats. They had the wealth. They had the money. And they had a lot of power. And, 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 and they so like the Pharisees with this power, they believed that Jesus was a threat. So they joined up with their enemy, the Pharisees. We've heard it said, haven't you? The friend, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> this is exactly what's going on here. The Pharisees hated Jesus, right? The Sadducees hated Jesus the, in the power struggle there. And so they joined together. And so here come the Sadducees, this group, right? And they had... A question for the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 24. The Bible says, look, it says here, uh, verse 23, The same day came him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, 
Look at this. Moses said. Moses said. So they're looking at the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. If a man die and having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. So here they come out. The first thing they do is they bring out the Leverite marriage vow. They bring out the Leverite marriage. What was that? Well, uh, you can go back and look at that someday back in Deuteronomy chapter 25. But the problem was, was going that there needed to be a male lineage, right? Why? Well, because the Messiah had to come. And it was very important that, that the lineage continued on. And so the thing was, well, if a man dies, he has no children. What was, and what was supposed to happen was a brother, right? Or eventually maybe even an ex of kin, if there was no brother, would come along and marry that, that widow until she had a son, right? And, and carry on. Well, here, here's the scenario that comes along is, well, this is the law of Moses. This is what the Sadducees say, Right? They went to Moses, and here's the scenario. First brother dies, marries the second brother. Second brother dies, marries the third brother. On down to seven of them, right? And there's still no children born, and then she dies. So they ask him, whose wife is she in the resurrection? Remember, they don't believe in the resurrection, right? They're, They're trying to corner him. Right. I, I think this is probably one of those gotcha questions that they've used a lot. They're like, oh, I know what, this will get them. This gets everybody. Nobody can answer this one. So they came to Jesus with their gotcha question. And uh, and they said, so so which one has her in the resurrection, Jesus? Which one? Look at verse 29. I don't think I want 29, do I? Yeah, I do. I do. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. What an entry. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. I enjoy it. I like how Jesus deals with these yahoos. He says, well, your problem is, right? The question is wrong from the very beginning. Because your problem is you don't know the Bible and you don't know the God of the Bible. You don't understand the scripture. You have no knowledge of the scriptures and you have no knowledge of the power of God. Wait, no, you might know the Bible academically. We see this all the time, right? You might know the Bible academically, but you can't know the spiritual aspect without knowing God relationally. We get that? Right? First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2.14, the, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them. For they are, natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. You can, you can only discern spiritual things by spirit. Right? So if you don't know the power of God, you can't know the Word of God, because to know the power of God is to know God. Romans 1.16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Here's a little side note. Some people pray for the power of God on your, their life. Well, go preach the gospel. You get the power of God on your life. Because the gospel is the power of God. Amen. I like that. So watch this. When you reject any part of the word of God, it keeps you from understanding the Word of God and the power of God. And so when you limit the Word of God, you are limiting the power of God. Boy, that was a, lot. That was a mouthful. Yeah. 
Listen, you, you, can't, you can't know the word without knowing the one who wrote it. Yeah. One man said it this way. He explained it this way. If you knew the power of God, you would know that God is able to raise the dead. If you knew the scriptures, you would know that God will raise the dead. <laughs> if you, know the, if you know the, knew the power of God, you would know that God is able to raise the dead. If you knew the scriptures, you would know that, you would know that God will raise the dead. Right. So the very question proved that they didn't know God and they didn't know his word. And Jesus called them out. Ye do err. You're wrong. Because you don't know the, the word of God and you don't know the power of God. Here's where they're wrong. You ready for this? They're one number one. They're wrong in their idea of marriage and the resurrection. <laughs> I love when Jesus gives revelation. And you know what I like this? This is revelation that they don't, watch, they don't argue with him about it. They don't say, well, you just made that up out of, out of whole cloth. You just made that up. No, actually, they shut up and went away. <laughs> Why? They knew who he was. We saw that a few weeks ago. They know. They, they know. They know who this is. They just didn't want him. He said this, there's no marriage in the resurrection. <laughs> right? Look at this. Uh, verse 30, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Now, in this room tonight, we understand this, and I'm thankful for the maturity in the room tonight. We don't have to do much explaining. But this, this is where some people, I think, have gotten the idea that we turn into angels after we die, and we get our wings, and we fly away, and things like this. Now, there's a great little simile here called as. They're as the angels. And then in what way are they as the angels Right? In what manner? In what way? Well, they're not get, getting married. There's no marriage, right? They're not getting. What, what happens with no marriage? No children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, this is so complicated in this day, but it's yet so easy. No marriage, no children. What do we have today? No marriage and children. It's, it's, it's backwards, right? Yeah. But it's touching the resurrection, he goes on, but are as the angels, but are as the angels of God. Now notice this, he shows them they're wrong in their, their idea of, uh, of, of marriage and the resurrection. The gotcha question didn't work. But notice all, he stops here and deals with the resurrection too. Because remember, they don't believe this. He says, but as touching the resurrection, verse 31, the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God? saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. I love this. Because the, the, the Sadducees, they reject everything else. They only take the Pentateuch. They reject it all, okay? And what does Jesus do? He goes directly to the Pentateuch to prove them wrong. Right? Where is he going? Well, he's coming over here and he, he's quoting, and I'm going to get here in a little bit, but, but he is quoting uh, over in Exodus. Right? I'm not going to get there right yet. Give me a little bit here, though. He says, have you not read, have you not read, Pentateuch, that which was spoken unto you, personal, right? The Word of God is personal, friend. It is for you and it's for me. Watch. By God. By God. 
He's teaching us that when we read the scriptures, we are being spoken to by God. I like that. I like that a lot. Listen, you better be careful. We don't want to pick and choose what we're going to receive because it's from, it's from God. Watch, and it's for us. It is for us. Before I move on, something jumped out to me in this passage. And I want to list a couple things, a few things here, a few things that were validated by Jesus. There are some things that he validated in this discourse, if, you, if you'll watch closely. Number one, he validated the resurrection. We've talked about this before. Job talked about the resurrection. Abraham spoke of the resurrection. No, uh, Moses spoke of the resurrection. Isaiah spoke. I mean, we could go down the line. They all, they all looked forward to a resurrection. They did. Resurrection. He validated a resurrection. Not only that, he validated that the Pentateuch was from God, which they wouldn't have disagreed with that. He validated Moses' existence. They wouldn't disagree with that. Uh-oh. He validated angels. They didn't like that. He validated Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as being real. Yeah. Watch this. He validated life after death. What, did he, what is he doing? He's validating the word of God, which makes sense. The word of God would validate the word of God, right? Yeah. Do you know what the cults of this world do? They, they write new material to draw you away from the word of God. You know what Jesus does constantly? Draws us to the word of God. Yeah. Joseph Smith, what did he do? He came along, he had this great revelation, he had to write his own book. Right? Mohammed had this great revelation, he had to write his own book. Absolutely. Charles, Charles Taze Russell with the, with, the, with the Jehovah's Witnesses had to go write the New World Translation. They had to write the, he had to write their own book. Why? Watch, Jesus always directed people to the Scriptures. What are we learning here? Stay away from those who are constantly leading you away from it. Right. Do you know what I've heard some Pentecostals say just this week? Well, listen, listen to what they said. The Spirit is greater than the Bible the Spirit was before the Bible. One person said this, quote, Jesus didn't say, when I go away, I will leave you the Bible. They said, I will leave you the comforter. Listen, dope. Sorry. Who wrote the Word of God? <laughs> Who, whose Word is it but God's eternal Word? I mean, what a crazy argument. But listen, this is what they do. They are constantly trying to get you away from the Word of God. One of the greatest, I, I think one of the greatest uh, proofs of Jesus' uh, uh, authenticity and ministry and who He is, is that He never directed anybody away from the Word of God. He always directed them to the Word of God. Can I tell you something? Some, some, some egomaniac man who wants to start his own cult doesn't do that. They're always dragging them away. And what is Jesus doing? Always bringing them to it. Yeah. Hey, listen, friend. It started in the, it started in the garden. It is the <coughs> oldest tactic in the world. Question, minimize, dismiss, and doubt the word of God. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. According to the scriptures, Jesus said, you're wrong about marriage and the resurrection, and you're wrong about the resurrection.
Now, let's look at verse 32. I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He's quoting Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus said, haven't you read it? Have you not read it, which was spoken unto you by God? Wait, no, no, no. Moses wrote it down. No, Jesus said, no, it was spoken to you by God. Man, talk about validation of the word of God. Amen. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice how Jesus argues this grammatically. I am present tense. <laughs> it doesn't say I was the God of Abraham and of I, Jacob and Isaac. He said, it is written, God said to you, God spoke to you, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus focused on one word. What is he proving? Well, what he said, not one jot nor tittle will fail till all the law be fulfilled, right? He, he, I, I think here's another great thing of validation of preservation of the word of God. I don't know, in my mind, I, mean, I could be wrong, prove me wrong, I, that's fine. But I have trouble thinking that you could have, ins that, that you could actually, I, I can't see how you could have inspiration without preservation, or how you could have preservation without inspiration. You got to have them, they don't work. If you have inspiration with no preservation, what does inspiration matter? It's not going to be, it's not here. If you have preservation without inspiration, what does it matter? Because now you have something preserved that may not even be the word of God. You got to have them both. And this is what we have right here. He's showing the preservation of the word of God. Now notice this also. It presented us a mode of argumentation. Jesus went to the grammar and said, and quoted what was written here. I am present tense. Micah was telling me some few years ago, sorry, Micah, I won't mention names or anything else besides yours. <laughs> there was somebody that was trying to help him in his newfound faith in Christ by telling them they could lose him, they could lose your salvation. I don't know how long you'd been saved, Micah, a few months. You know when this you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody close to him tried to tell him this. You know what his response was? Well, Jesus said, In that day many will come unto me and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in that day? Have we not prophesied? Have we not cast out? Have we not done many wonderful works? And I remember you told me this. You said to him, He said, I never knew you. He didn't say, I used to know you. Amen. Amen. I like that. What were they doing? They were doing works that looked like they were believers. Like we might look at them and say, Well, Glory to God, this is wonderful. Look at them, they're out there preaching and teaching and prophesying and doing all these things. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Right. right. Amen. Amen. What was he doing? He's doing a grammatical argument. He was just saying what the text said. He didn't say I used to or I once did or I have a few times and now I don't know right now. No, I never knew you. Yeah. This is what Jesus did. You didn't know that, Micah, did you? You're in good company. He's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. 
He's the God of the living. Listen to what Spurgeon said. The living God is the God of living men. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are still alive. Amen. And identified as the same person who lived on earth. They didn't change into something else. They didn't morph into some other being. They didn't become angels. <laughs> Jesus said, they are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. Why? Because he's the God of the living, not of the dead. There are multitudes that are living tonight. Though they are not with us on this planet right now, they're alive. Yeah. Can I tell you tonight, Miss Known is alive tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Never knew, I never knew your dad, Alan. He's live tonight. Yes, he is. I don't know how many remember Mary Tao. She's, she's not dead tonight. She's alive. Edith Ward is alive tonight. Yeah. Dolores Cummings is alive tonight. Russell Cummings, he's alive tonight. He's alive. Marlene's alive tonight. Amen. She's living as more alive than she's ever been. Russell Klein. Brother Russell's alive tonight. Barbara's alive tonight, brother. Amen. Mm. What a joy. Amen. What a comfort. What a hope. That's why we don't sorrow as the world sorrows. We sorrow with hope. Why? They're alive. So somebody said this, if a thousand years is unto a day, and a day is as, to, as, unto, a thousand year, uh, as unto a thousand years... Those that have gone on before us, hey, we'll just see them by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 139, David said this, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed uh, in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wing of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Jesus said in John 14, uh, <clears throat> that when, when he said over there, um, uh, that where I am, there ye may be also. Right? Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee. Why? Because he's the God of the living. He's the God. Listen, and if you are alive in Christ tonight, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Can I tell you tonight, I don't know what you're dealing with tonight. I don't know what's going on in your life tonight. There may be things, maybe you're here tonight, maybe there are those that are watching online. There are things that are going on in your life tonight that, that, that people don't know about. But can I tell you, we have a great truth tonight here. If you are alive in Christ tonight, you will never, you will never come to a place where you are dead and outside of Christ. If you are alive in Christ tonight, you will forever be alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. However bad life is right now, can I tell you, this isn't the end. Amen. It's not the end. Right? Some people look back at their life and they say, oh, I wish I had done this and I wish this could have happened and I wish I could have done this and I wish this never happened in my life and I wish, I wish, I wish. Hey, listen, this isn't the end of it. <laughs> there is a whole beginning coming. 
Right? We're going to be with Him forever and ever and ever. Why? Because He's the God of the living, not of the dead. Yeah. You know, listen, we're going to come to an end in this life, but we're going to come to an end when we are birthed into eternity. <laughs> no, we're just, we're just, we're fighting it right now. We're in the gestation period and we're going to get close to death and we're going to battle it like that little baby battled coming out. But you know what? That ba- why, why, why do you battle? Because it's all it, all it knew. Right? I'm looking at mine like I know it. But I don't know. I'm just... But that's, that's all that little baby knew. And it fights it. But you know what? It, 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 it's, it's, it's comfortable. It has all of its needs supplied. But that's not where it's intended to stay. It's intended to be with mom and dad. Outside of the womb. Listen, we weren't intended to stay here uh, once sin came into this world. We are intended to be with God. And one of these days we're going to be birthed from this life into eternity. Why? Because He's the God of the living, not of the dead. We're going to lay aside the sinful flesh. Hallelujah. Can't wait for that. We're going to lay it aside. Physical pain is going to be over. Disappointment is going to be over. We're going to forever be with the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, now, now, I love that. Now are we the sons of God. And it doth not appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Why is that? Because He's the God of the living. And if you're alive in Christ tonight, you're going to see Him just as He is. Because you're going to be with Him. And I tell you tonight, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what heaviness is on your life tonight. I don't know what pain. I'm not minimizing them. They're real pains. They really are. But can I tell you tonight, just let me encourage you. Just keep serving. Just keep trusting. Just keep loving the lost. Just keep going about doing good. Just do what you're told to do. Why? Because he's the God of the living. And one of these days, it's going to be worth it all. It'll absolutely be worth it all. Every trial, every pain, every disappointment. Yeah. Because he's the God of the living. He's the God of the living. If we're alive in Christ, this is the worst it's ever going to get for us. (laughs) Amen. You've heard it said, haven't you? For the Christian, this is the only hell we'll ever know. And for the unbeliever, this is the only heaven they'll ever know. It'll be worth it all. Our Father, what a joy it is to call you Father. I'm so thankful that we are alive in you tonight. It could be that there's somebody here that is not. Somebody watching online, they're not alive in you tonight. They've never put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They have never been born again, and they need to be. I pray your Holy Spirit would draw them. Your Holy Spirit would arrest their attention and draw them to thyself, and that tonight they would turn to the Lord Jesus and be saved. And for those that are in Christ tonight, Father, we thank you for the encouragement tonight. We thank you for the joy of knowing that you are the God of the living. 
we can never die because you can never die. And we're in Christ. Father, there are people that are going through some deep valleys. Deep valleys. I ask for your encouragement tonight. That they'd get up and continue on doing what you've called them to do. And we thank you for that. We pray that you be glorified in every aspect of our life and in this invitation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight. The instrument's going to play. The invitation is open. I don't know really how to give the invitation. But however the Lord has spoken to you tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, maybe you just need to get alone with the Lord and thank Him for the encouragement that He's the God of the living and not the God of the dead. That there's a purpose in all that you may be going through tonight. Yeah. Maybe you just need to rejoice that he knows your name. And I love this. 4,000 years later, Jesus still knew his name. <laughs> Why? Because he's the God of the living. Hallelujah. Cheer up, saints. It only gets better. today. Good to see, have everybody out that was able to be out and uh, be in prayer for Brother Ethan.